Hello and welcome to the Jewish Mother Me podcast. This is the podcast which ponders the question, Jewish mothers, should every home have one? My name is Angela Epstein. I'm Lynn Dover. Naomi Lopian. And this week we're absolutely thrilled to have amongst us somebody who is, if I say, is scorching the internet, never mind taking it by storm. It's Elisa Ben Shalom, who is the star of Netflix's hugely successful Jewish matchmaking reality dating series. Hello, Elisa. Hello, thank you so much for having me. The pleasure is completely ours. Now, Elise has been matchmaking, I believe, for over a decade and has been responsible for over 200 successful matches, which is an unbelievable scorecard. And uh, obviously, it's not just about this program. It's not just about religious Jews. It's about all sorts of different clients, Ashkenazi, Sephardic, Jews of all colour. And of course, people who are not Jewish, who are hopefully going to glean lots of wisdom from you about how to find the right match. In Hebrew, we call it shiduchim, which is basically the whole art of matchmaking. And I read that the Talmud said that matching up couples is harder than splitting the sea. Let's get started because we've got lots of questions for you. Did you meet your husband through a matchmaker? Not exactly, but we brought a matchmaker in. So we went to a Jewish retreat in Orlando, and it was run by an organization called Israelite, and Rabbi David Aaron was there, and there was a lot of Jewish singles. And we met at that retreat. We did not start dating each other, but we were both from Philadelphia. And so when we traveled from Orlando back to Philadelphia, we ended up being at the same Shabbat tables, and we ended up talking and connecting And one uh, Saturday night after Shabbat, he said, do you want to go for a walk? And I said, sounds great. (laughs) And that's how it started. And then at the end of the date, I was like, you know, okay, so like, how does this work? You know, you're interested. I'm interested. Where where do we go from here? And he's like, oh, you, uh, yeah, like it's uh, talk to the rabbi. And I was like, well, I don't want to talk to the rabbi. I want to talk to you. Talk (laughs) to the rabbi? What is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. Talk to the rabbi. The the rabbi was really our matchmaker that he was brought in, even though we met organically through a singles retreat, but he brought a matchmaker in to help guide us and support us. So it was quite a kind of a a formal coming together. So what (laughs) did he actually do? How did he guide you? After my husband said, well, you have to talk to the rabbi. I was like, fine. And I dropped him off at his house because I was I had to head home. And I drove over to the rabbi's house at nine o'clock at night. And I start knocking on his door. Rabbi, rabbi, you home. He's like, Aliza, hi, come in, sit down. Would you like a sandwich? I'm like, listen, I don't know how long these things take. And I don't know, you know, everything. But like, this is it. He's the one. I, I know this. And, and and you know, he's like, you guys met, you're dating. How long have you known him? <laughs> you know, back me up here, catch me up in the story. What's going on? And uh, he brought his wife in, the rabbits in, and she came to talk to us or to me, not to us. And when we started talking and she goes, don't worry, don't worry. I'll talk to him. I'll tell him. I'll make sure that I, you know, keep him straight. She, Her basic advice to my husband was, Gershon, don't blow it. You got a good one. You know, let's keep this going. And then we kept checking in with the rabbi to see, you know, where this was going and if this was the right thing and if we had our, our values aligned properly. And and he was really a tremendous support to us. Noemi, you, you were young, weren't you, when you met your husband? Yes, I did have funny sort of matchmakers and I was introduced, but um, I think also because maybe I mixed naturally with boys, it sort of didn't work. One matchmaker was like the stereotypical matchmaker she was, which sounds terrible, but she was very in your face. 
I used to meet her in the hotel in Bournemouth. It was a kosher hotel. I was 18. I used to try and avoid her, but she'd sort of see you. And she was Hungarian and she had a thick Hungarian accent. And I would feel she would just put anybody together. Now, what I've seen with you, Aliza, you do the exact opposite. And even though you yourself were very impatient, like to say, come on, I want to, with your husband, uh, or it comes across like that, not impatient, but very keen to make it happen. Never mind the rabbi, I want to talk to you directly. And the wife kept everything <laughs> in status quo. With the young couples on the show, you seem very, very patient. And I have one question in particular. There was the young from couple, Haredi couple, yes. and they seem to have on the show chemistry. And you are amazing with them. And then the reason it didn't work, she said, was because she wanted him to go to shul three times a day. How do you feel about that? And do you put your own feelings into the couple? You never seem, any of your couples, you never seem to sort of push them or say no or, or come on, compromise, bend a little bit. You seem really sort of even and let them happen. I want to hear how you do that yourself. I do have a negotiation and a, a, you know, a conversation with people and some of the things you get to see on camera and some of the things with dating, they happen in real time. We can't always wait for camera. So we're, we're navigating, making sure that we get things on film, but also navigating the, the match appropriately. And the, for sure there was chemistry on camera. It wasn't just on camera. It was really there. They had really just like electric chemistry that everybody could see. And we had some serious talks because the religious differences to maybe the secular or non-observant world, they might seem like not so large, but in the religious world, actually, it's a pretty significant difference. If you would like your you know, husband to be praying three times a day, learning, you know, coming home, sitting with your children at the table, learning with them, doing things and, and observing at that level, but your partner isn't doing that, it's going to be very hard for her to raise the family that she wants to raise without the life partner. And on the other hand, for Shia, it would be very difficult for him to be in a relationship where who he is, is not fully accepted or celebrated because, you know, he's a little bit different and she's a little bit different and they're not exactly on the same page, even though there was beautiful chemistry. And this goes to the point of what is the most important thing to you? And for some people and some couples you see on the show, chemistry, passion, boom, <laughs> that is the most important thing. But for other people, values and lifestyle and long-term goals and religious values are actually more important and go way above the chemistry that's going to be there. And some people are willing to have patience and grow chemistry and other people are willing to grow the connection and all of those other details. What's wonderful to see is that you let them be. You go with them rather than trying to change them or make them compromise with their feelings. Yeah, I do question, right? Are you sure? Are you willing to give this up? Because there is chemistry there. Those, I mean, again, we catch as much as we can in the moment, but I do ask clarifying questions where somebody can reflect on it. And I have had couples in the exact same situation do the exact opposite thing where they have said, wow, there has never been this much chemistry and this much connection. And I really, I am enjoying that. And I'm going to have to figure out how to live a life with a partner that is actually different from me. And they've chosen it and they've married it and they've been happy with it, but it was their decision. If I twist any arms and I get somebody to do something, it's going to be a problem and it's probably going to end up in divorce. 
Can we scroll back a bit, Elisa, because we were all talking about you and about how fascinated we are with you. Obviously, the couples that you bring together, it's out there on Netflix. Can't recommend the programme highly enough. But let's talk about you, if we may, and spool back a little bit. Did your mother influence your matchmaking skills? I, I read somewhere that your, your parents have been married a long time. Did she have some of the wisdoms that we often talk about on Jewish Mother Me? You have a lot of wise sayings yourself, like date them till you hate them. <laughs> <laughs> so we want to know about your wisdom. And does it come from your mum? And where do those influences come through in the actual programme? I love this question. My mother is beloved to me. She was my greatest teacher and my best friend and she passed away she birthed her neshama and went to the next world uh, about seven years ago and much of the work that I do and really who I am is for sure because of her and because of the type of relationship that she and my father had and they had an interesting relationship because they were opposites in personality, but in terms of values and lifestyle and who they are and what they wanted, they were very similar. And in terms of raising a Jewish family and what they wanted, they were so similar, but they had these differences between them. So they were always, you know, managing the technical things. She was a night person. He was a morning person. She always ran late. He always ran early. You know, he was the number crunching guy and she was a little bit more free spending. So they had these differences. And I think for me, the blessing that I have in being a child of parents that had opposite things about them, but the same values is I was raised in a very stable, healthy environment. This is, yes, in, the this is in the States in Philadelphia. So I was raised in a stable, healthy environment, but I got very different skill sets from both of them. And, you know, my father's very logical, right? A typical male personality where he's logical and reasonable and he's thinking things out and processing things. And my mom is the heart and soul of the life and the relationship and brought all of the energy to it. And I kind of took the best of both. And so I do have a very logical structured approach to what I do. And at the same time, warm and loving and sweet and accepting. <laughs> and, and so you get the heart and, and the brain simultaneously. How long were they married for? Over 40 years, I think 42 years. So how did you get into this business? What drew you into it? I got started online as a an online matchmaker on a website where only matchmakers were working. Singles could be there, but they couldn't set themselves up. And I was like, oh, this is fun. I could do these introductions. And then I was like, oh, introducing isn't enough. I want more. So I would pick up the phone and I'd talk and I'd call and I'd ask questions and, and I'd tell them my advice and then they'd call back and then it'd be, you know, two o'clock in the morning and when I'm in the carpool line and it started very organically with just helping people through the dating and matchmaking process. It developed into coaching and supporting. It went into closing the deal. Either we're getting under the chuppah or we're breaking up. And it then exploded into being somebody who trains matchmakers and coaches and works with singles. And we held our first international Jewish matchmaking conference in Jerusalem with over a hundred people. And we plan to go to many cities across the globe and train a hundred matchmakers minimum per city so that we can activate entire communities in one day. I have really big goals. <laughs> and you sound like you're a complete workaholic. Are you working all the time? Are you even when you're sleeping? Are you thinking about 
moving on and and putting people together. How did you know I dream about matchmaking? (laughs) (laughs) Yes and no. So I do operate from a relationship standpoint. I'm constantly thinking about building and growing relationships. I do work really hard to build my family and have my family. Uh, We're married 20 years. Our youngest is nine. Our oldest is 19. This is the first time in my life that I am working full time in the last two years. I never did that before. I was always mommy, mommy at home. I raised my family. I nursed all of my children. I had children every two years for almost a decade. And uh, I always had somebody either in me or carrying them on me. I was, I was a mommy, mommy. They slept in my (laughs) bed, you know, like we did the family bed and all of those things. And now that the kids are older and because we moved to Israel, I said to my husband, listen, I want to move to Israel. We need to do it now. Give me a go at my business. Yours is in America. We could probably have to close it down. You can't run it from afar. Do you want to be Mr. Mom? Because we believe in raising a family and, and having a parent do it and not bringing in a third party. And he said, you know what? That would be great. I would love the opportunity to not miss the rest of my children's childhood before they're already adults and out of the house. If you're comfortable with this and you want to do it, I believe in what you're doing. It's the most important job in the world and go for it. Go light up the world. Go change the world. He drops me off at the train to go to Jerusalem, Tel Aviv. I get out of the car and he always goes, knock him alive. That's it. You know, knock him dead. <laughs> knock him alive, sweetheart. That's, that's the line. Our friend Noemi is nodding a lot at this because this must resonate with you because we've talked a lot about guilt. Noemi is a Holocaust educator and, you know, is all over the place doing this. Do you not think this part of a successful partnership, maybe you can comment better than me, Noms, having that Mr. Home person? Definitely. I think, yeah, it does help. I think for all of us to have partners who you describe your partner is supportive and saying, let's fly is wonderful when it's a friendship and it's a shared relationship. I couldn't do my stuff without returning home to a partner who understands because in your business, you give uh, not only your advice, you give your heart and your soul. You are your parents, as it were. You are the logic in the matchmaking and you are the heart and soul. And it's beautiful to see. And you see that in your couples. And I want what I want to compliment and, and I pass on to my two girls podcasters because when I sit next to them they can give me a stick and say shut up noms uh, (laughs) but um, I have to tell you that my mom who's 89 has seen your show loves it my girls range from 20 to 35 they love it what you've managed to do is with your heart and soul and cop hit all the ages and the sexes you're just incredible and all the different religions as well because i teach a whole range of students from outside the jewish community and they all love it too so you're oh, you're doing so much you made life. my day can you just live with me you guys this is so yeah. wonderful <laughs> we live in an age where a lot of dating is boiled down to the kind of slightly bleak internet dating apps swipe right swipe left it's very mechanical and automated there's a safety issue too obviously people can vet each other more do you think we should all try and bring out a little bit of the matchmaker in us often as Jewish mothers in particular it can be a default position but generally what advice do you give about bringing out the inner matchmaker in other people I love activating the inner matchmaker in other people. I think that this is a never ending job. I do not believe in competition. I only believe in collaboration. I even think if we activated everybody in the world or or millions of people in the world, it still would not be enough people to make matches in the world because this is an extremely difficult thing to take me and my world and you and your world and bring us together and go, oh, yay, live happily ever after. Go for it. Good luck. Make something happen. And I think it takes 
takes a lot of different ideas to bring the right person to us. It doesn't always happen the first time that we bring people together and we constantly have to have new ideas coming. And the daters of the world, of the modern world, are feeling very alone and they need the support of everybody. And if we would each take responsibility for our own community and the people within it, we would help them so much more and they would be so much more successful in building their own life, which again, builds our own communities. It's a self-serving role and it is extremely beneficial on all ends. But don't you feel sometimes that your own community can be a bit stagnant and you need to look outside of it? And that's why you need your fabulous networking skills and um, a whole global. And I suppose that what the Internet facilitates these days from your perspective is spreading the the love beyond your community. Yes. And also activating all of these potential matchmakers from different communities. So when we did the conference in Jerusalem, it was an international matchmaking conference. We had people from the United States and Canada and Latvia and Jerusalem. Jerusalem and Australia and South Africa. And we all came together. And then we have our little WhatsApp group. Okay, who do you have? Who do you have? Who do you have? And everybody's trying to play matchmaker. Some people doing it part time, some people just dabbling in it a little bit, some people doing it full time. But we all come together to do that. And yes, sometimes somebody's in our backyard. Sometimes they're not necessarily in our backyard, but the daters of the world need other people to help them to branch out. It is a full-time job and everybody already has a full-time job. So we need lots more support here because it's never been easy in the world. Yes, it's as hard as splitting the sea. And that's why we need more hands on deck to make sure that we can accomplish our goals and help people to couple up. Do you think that there are sort of some basic rules that you can work by when one is matchmaking? Like there are trade-offs or do you sort of write off some people and say they're just too choosy? I mean, we've got a mixture of daughters and sons. Phil, our engineer, has got a daughter who's engaged. We've all, thank God, made weddings. But there's always that question of choosiness. Are there sort of rules where you can say this is just not going to work? For people who have preferences and they're choosy, as you're describing, I will do my best to bring somebody that is within a range of what works for them. But if I can't find somebody, I'm actually just really honest. And I said, listen, I understand that you are looking for somebody with this look from this kind of family with this type of personality that has this type of job. And I've done my research. I don't see anybody now. I'll keep you in mind. And if I have anybody, I'm going to get back to you and I'm going to let you know. And if you change your mind or there's anything new to update me, please, you're always welcome to let me know. And then they start to nudge you every three to four weeks. Don't you have anybody? I said, no, I know what you're looking for. And I know you're not willing to go outside that box. I don't have anybody. They're like, no, no, let me say no. Send me an idea. And I'll say no if I'm not interested. I said, I'm not putting effort into something that I know isn't going to work for you. If you have different preferences, you're welcome to update me. But if I know what you're clear about, I'm only going to try to make a really great match that I think could get to the hoopah. And other than that, we'll just wait until the right one comes along. And maybe it'll come through me. Maybe it'll come from somebody else in the world. That's also okay. I don't really care how somebody's match is made. I care that the match is made. Does it have to be me? No, it just has to be made and it should be made now. Let's make it happen now. Do you find people get less picky or more picky as time goes on? Some people get much more picky. They're like, I know what I like. I know what I don't like. Don't try to convince me. And I said, I won't. And other people say, listen, I value being with somebody. I thought I knew what I wanted. But if you have a better idea, please make a recommendation. I'm open to hearing. You must be happy to hear that sometimes. Yes. Sometimes people fall for each other just because there's that 
chandelier swinging moment when they just there is this kind of unstoppable chemistry and they just think wow but equally on paper for every reason under the sun it doesn't even mean religious considerations just generally it's not going to work how important do you think that chemistry is I mean I'm not suggesting you should be with somebody you don't fancy but equally can that be blinding to the possibility of a really good match a hundred percent. I don't love extremely, extremely sparkly chemistry because usually we don't really know what's behind it. And there's not enough of a foundation of values and goals and hobbies and interests and backgrounds and families. There's just not enough data in those areas because we're just too busy looking and going, well, this is fun. And we're just enjoying <laughs> a moment of, of lust and not really a moment of love. We're just going, well, I could just look at you all day. I mean, I'm I just, the rest. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I, I There was one guy that in college that was just very appealing and attractive. I just enjoyed looking at him. And then he opened his mouth one day and he spoke and I went, oh, no, don't say anything anymore. No, you ruined it. I just want to look at you. It's not on the inside. It doesn't match the outside. You're ruining what's happening to my brain. Stop. We have to have an awareness about these things. How old is your oldest child? And are you looking down the barrel of making a shidduch for them? My oldest is 19, but we moved to Israel two years ago. So we held him back a year and he's going to be graduating high school and then he's going to go to the army. So, you know, obviously we've talked about dating and relationships and uh, he's he's just totally not there yet. He's in the space of, you know, fig- we're still learning Hebrew. We're figuring out a new culture. He's like, I'm not ready to get married. So there's no point in dating. He's like, it's only when we're ready to get married. I said, good. I taught you well. Good job. <laughs> Sounds perfect. Are you having another Netflix series is the big question. We are loving it. We want to know what happened to your couples. And do you have universal wisdom to impart to your matchmaking couples or indeed to our listeners? We always ask that question. We are praying that there will be another season. We are waiting to hear with bated breath. Everybody needs to watch all eight episodes from one to eight. You have to complete it on as many Netflix accounts as possible. If everybody agrees that they fell in love with it and by fell in love, I mean that they watched all eight episodes, then yes, we will get renewed. Please God, that should happen. If it doesn't happen for any reason, don't worry. I'm going to be doing something else that's also really big. I don't know what it is, but something because I am not going to stop here. I would like to continue to light up the world. And in terms of universal wisdom and something from my mother, especially. So uh, a rabbi that we were connected to, the rabbi that married us, uh, that was the one to be our guide through the process. Um, his name was Rabbi Michael Stern of Blessed Memory, and he used to call my mother Mrs. Yummy. He's like, she, she's just so delicious, like so sweet. And so, you know, everything that you know about me, multiply that. And then you've got my mother. And he called her Mrs. Yummy. And I have this theory, and I'm taking this from the wisdom that I learned from my mother. We are all going to make mistakes in life, especially as parents and spouses. We are going to for sure make mistakes. We are humans. We are not angels. And that's okay only if there is unconditional love. My mother unconditionally loved each and every one of us. My brother, my sister, we all feel that. And we know that. And yeah, of course, we had things that happened in life that weren't the best things. And of course, we had struggles. But we knew that we were unconditionally loved. And because of that, I think that we had a very 
healthy self-esteem. We had a good grounding and foundation for desiring to be in a healthy relationship. And it was probably the most curing, healing thing that you could ever have. So you're going to make mistakes. You're going to mess up. I am too. And love is the answer. That's a wonderful message to end on. One final question, really, Elisa. There'll be people listening to this who will be utterly inspired and there'll be people who still haven't found that person. Maybe you're not in a position of securing a matchmaker. They're watching you and getting inspiration. And a final word to people who have yet to find that person who can light up their life and be that person that will walk with them and be a partner on their journey through life. Two things. Number one, never give up. Keep looking. Your person is here. They are living. They are breathing. They exist in this world. It's within the blueprint of creation that you both come into this world. You just have to play the game of where's Waldo and go find them. Never, ever, ever give up. That's number one. And number two is that I give you a blessing. May each and every one of you who is searching for their soulmate, may you find them. May it be with ease and may it be this year. Amen. Thank you, Elisa, so much. Thank you. You've been listening to Jewish Mother Me, produced by Phil Salter from Northern Air Productions. And if you have ideas for future programmes, please don't hesitate to get in touch because you can find us on Instagram and Facebook and and all the podcast platforms such as Spotify, Apple, etc. Thanks once again for listening and we'll see you soon.